<laughs> Welcome to Dominion Sonship Live. Here we go. One more, one more message, one more expression of glory, one more moment to really dominate our moment. And uh, there's nothing like the Word of God that the entrance of His Word brings light. And that light looks like peace to our heart. That light of His Word is peace and joy and hope and hope because it is bringing forth faith it is the foundation of our faith the word of god is that which persuades us into this divine faith that we're now walking in daily because the just shall live by faith and so there's nothing like the word of god to still our hearts there's nothing like the word of god to really calm our souls and to once again redirect our gaze back to the Lord, back to Jesus who loves us, back to the one that has called us in this forward race, in this soldier march, this march that is onward and forward and upward. And in this march is no give up. In this march, in this forward walk that we're now called into Christ is really a new reality. A new reality of endurance, of overcoming all. A new reality of a nature that is of God. And this nature that is from above, that is of God, is a nature that is alive himself. The Lord Jesus Christ has taken full residence in us through the new birth. Through the new birth, we are now a brand new creation. We are a brand new creation. The old mindset of failure, the old mindset, it's not going to work. It will never work. Maybe it worked back then, but this is too difficult of a moment. It's not going to work. That old mindset is no longer to talk to us. We are to disallow the arguments of the old man. That come across in this reasonable manner of, are you sure, Desi? You're going crazy. You're going to believe what? Don't you see how the course of events is lining up for you? And yet we are called to abide forever in a word that is from above. And this word which is from above is not from beneath. Therefore, that which is from above trumps that which is from beneath. And so today... We have a title and we have a message, and it is Do Not Worry and Lose Heart. Do not worry and lose heart. Do not worry and lose heart. Never to give up. The only thing that we give up is an old mindset. The only thing that we give up is an old nature that is from below. The only thing that we give up is a carnal understanding of wanting to quit always. But when we give up that old fallen nature, that, that man of confusion, the old man, we are gaining a new reality of never quit, of only hope, of only life, of only upward. Of all the all things working together now for our good, that will give God the glory. 
of all in our conformity to a Christ nature. And though there's pressure on the outside, we have looked through so many verses over this last little while, will not be crushed. Though perplexed, will not be in despair. Because we know who lives in us. We know the one that we trust on. We know the one that has spoken to us through the word of God, his spirit, mighty, holy spirit, our comforter. We have a comforter today, a comforter, a helper, a guide, a leader that is shepherding us today in this life of faith that only believes the word of God. That only believes the word of God. And this is truly the fight of faith to only believe the word of God. To only believe that which you do not see. Oh, oh. That's called dominion. Because faith is of the unseen. Faith is a persuasion of a confidence to know that that which he has said, it is so. And though heaven and earth passes away, his word will abide forever. And so your choice and my choice on a regular basis is, will you be found, will you be found in this ever abiding truth or will it cave in because of an external moment that is just passing by a testing of your faith will you stand or will you cave in will you stand or will you cave in will you stand for truth today or will you cave into the pressure to deny truth and to live the masquerade and the parade of hypocrisy. Of calling yourself a Christian and yet fearing as the world fears. Of calling yourself a Christian and pretending that you love someone when you really despise another. Not judging your own heart, your own motives. Fending for your own little self. That's the part we give up self. We give up self. We give up that desire to be comfortable, to live a very cushy life. Because the word of our life is not in material possessions. The word of our life is Christ himself. It is Christ himself. The rich he has given us all things to enjoy. But my word is him alone. My word is the call of God in my life. My word is the word of God. That has brought a new reality that has really given me a new birth because I'm born of this incorruptible seed of the word of God. I'm born of God. And so let's go to Luke 12. Do not worry and lose heart. Because if you choose to worry, and there's a lot of things you can worry about in this hour, you will lose heart. You will give up. And so the, the guarantee to you and I today, that we'll not give up on truth, that we'll not, not walk away from truth. His 
refusing to worry, refusing to be anxious of mind, refusing to fret over this and that and something else. Refusing this, this life of frustration of, of, of the lower realm of humanity, of always being frustrated because things are just not going the way I want it to go. Because I have a better idea. Because I want every little decade to be lined up just so, so I can see, I can see five days ahead, ten days ahead, the five-year plan of God for my life. No, the just shall live by faith. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? We believe the unseen reality of truth. Who is God? We believe the unseen reality of the love of God. Who is, who is truth? We believe the Bible. We are Bible-believing Christians. Not pretenders, not sinking with the world and caving into every, every wicked doctrine tossed about by these doctrines of demons and taking on the cares of life. I just wrote a blog. If you go to dominosanship.com, my, my website, I just, my last, my last blog, I just wrote it yesterday was on endurance, endurance to stand, endurance not to sink in this hour. And I believe this message just, I've been meditating on endurance. And that looks like refusing to worry, withstanding fear, withstanding an anxious mind, withstanding every assault of deception that is bombarding in this hour. We are Bible-believing Christians. We are the light of the world. We are of God. We are born from above. We are God's children. I am and you in your new birth are a child of God. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. What does it look like to be a child of God? Not a child of men. Because by whom we've been fathered into this living hope is to thou and that we're living to now. I'm not to know myself after mere flesh and blood experience of, of natural parental descent. I'm to acknowledge everything that is good in me in Christ Jesus. The communication of my faith is to look thus, an acknowledgement of the new birth. Not local politics. Not schematics and generational trajectories of man. I am of God, and because I am of God, then the reality is I am from above. I have already overcome all. So Luke 12, Luke 12, the very words of Jesus. And actually, this whole chapter is so powerful. 
I might read long portions of it, and that would be good. Let's put our eyes on this eternal truth because we're Bible-believing Christians. Amen. And so here we start in Luke 12, 1. In the meantime, right after he rebukes the lawyers, in verse 52, Jesus says to them in, in Luke eleven fifty-two, 52, Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and, and those who are entering in you hindered. Let us not be of those that Jesus speaks woe to, to hinder the forward walk of another. By denying knowledge, the knowledge of truth, by walking in mere philosophies of men and talking about the doctrines of men and denying the truth of the word of God that you must be born again. You have to walk in repentance before the living God. You have to bow the knee to the living God. You have to fear God alone today. To honor him with all thought and utterance and, and, and living expression to give him the preeminence over your life. You are a Christian. There is a marked difference between us that are born from above and mere humanity. And that's not to put another down, but it's really to, to, to stretch out our hand as Jesus did to Peter who was sinking in the mire of that storm. The stormy sea of fear and unbelief and doubt, and to be a rescue to another. That we can espouse, say, follow me as they follow Christ. Who is truth? He is truth alone. So, of course, we know they weren't to throw about those words of Jesus. And so here, chapter 12, 1, in the meantime, when an Innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another. A big crowd. He began to say to his disciples, first of all, he's continuing the theme, right? He's continuing the theme of woe to the Pharisees and the lawyers and the scribes. He's continuing the theme. And so here he says, when the multitudes have gathered around him, look what he's speaking to them. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware of hypocrisy, those false smiles. Denying the power of the knowledge of Christ. Living in me traditions of men, so I be a man, please, and I be well seen by man. But really neglecting the lofty matters of my heart, a submission to the living God. Being a living sacrifice. What does that look like? It looks like one mind. The mind of Christ. How extreme is what he's about to say. It's very extreme. Because those were their teachers. Because the multitudes and the crowd looked up to these Pharisees and scribes as knowing God. 
And Jesus, the living word, had just rebuked the traditions of man. Had just rebuked them. Jesus does not tiptoe around falseness and hypocrisy. He's not a hypocrite. He's not a pretender. He is truth himself. Truth exposes the lie, and here we'll find out. He says so. He began to say to his disciples, first of all, to his own, first of all, he spoke in the middle of this crowd. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed. And that's what a hypocrite is. The one who wants to cover up their mess. Live a messy life and pretend it's all good. For there's nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Why hide? Why pretend Jesus' truth says red letters? Jesus' words? Life speaking Jesus, who is the only way, who is truth? Says there's, there'll be nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. Because light exposes darkness. And what you've spoken in the ear, in inner rooms, will be proclaimed on the housetops. God knows how to vindicate you. God knows how to expose situations. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body because that's why the root of hypocrisy is found in the fear of man. The fear of man versus the fear of God. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You cannot serve two masters. You're either going to live before God or you hide in pretense away from God. Though you take your pretty little self or handsome big guy, dude, whoever you are, to your local church, you live life before God. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I'll show you whom you should fear. Jesus is speaking. I'll show you whom you should fear. I thought we're not supposed to fear. You look at that word fear. It terrors in that word. Godly fear. Holiness. Wisdom. Is found in godly fear. I'll show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he is killed has power to cast into hell. And in case, in case we don't really know what Jesus spoke, who he is referring to, he says, yes, I say to you, surely, surely, verily, verily, I say to you, fear him. Fear the one that's looking after you. He's going to tell us now in verse 6. 
Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God, the very love of God. The very love of God. Because of a carnal mindset, we do not understand the fear of the Lord. But really, the fear of the Lord is the very love of God. It's His divine protection, His preserving power, lest we go in the wrong fear of man and be a hypocrite. And then the woe of God is on us. What was the title? Do not worry and lose heart. Now, this is really a continuation. Last Sunday's message regarding bring down to, to put up was all about, really, I went to the, the parable and the talents in Matthew 25 and, um, and looked at the one, the one, that one talent was given to by the master and the master went away and came back and, and wanted to do an accounting, a reckoning. And the one who hid that talent, the one talent, said, I was afraid. And then we can look, even in Luke, that same parable, what Jesus speaks regarding that one. Though he be thrown with his gnashing of teeth in utter darkness. And so to avoid that, that Jesus called him wicked servant, to avoid that. Lazy statement given to that one who hid the talent because he was afraid. It's here coming back to the fear of God. So we'll not worry. So we'll not find ourselves in this moment of taking on the care of life of the world. And really at that moment forgetting the truth of the one who is father fathered us again to a living hope. So that which you meditate, that which where your heart is inclined to, the one that your heart is inclined to bow to, is really how you end up walking in life. So if your heart is bowed to the world, through the fear of man, you will be full of anxiousness of mind. Because what can men do for you? What can another do for you? They're not your savior. But God, your savior. It says here back to verse 6, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. They're all numbered. He knows the number of your hairs on your head. What love, what tender care to care so much for us, even to the counting of the hairs on our head. How much more everything else in your life? He is your God. And through the new birth, he lives in you and wants to shepherd you into safety at all times. And he's taking you out of the fear of man, out of the anxiousness of man, 
mind that the fear of man can place on you. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are, you are of more value than many sparrows. You are of more value than many sparrows. And then he talks about uh, verse 8, And I also I say to whoever confesses me before man. Now right that day we're stripping the fear of man. Confessing Jesus before man is a testimony that I fear God alone, especially in this hour of such persecution arising. Him, whoever confesses me before man, him, the son of man, also will confess before the angels of God. I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to mention the angels. I can lose my job. I can, I'm too afraid. What do they think about me? I'm too afraid. Well, we at that moment have crossed over into the fear of man, into hypocrisy. And the woe of God is upon that. And that's really the slippery slope towards perdition. Though you take you down, if you keep hardening your heart in that way, to back to that parable of the talents, the unfaithful servant, who hid his talent, who did not want to acknowledge him before man. Because he was afraid, very afraid. How well did that go with Jesus? How well did that go with Jesus? How well does it go with Jesus, the ways of the world? That he died on a cross to rescue us from the world. And we're going to use worldly excuses why we can't serve him, why we can't mention his name before man. Look at verse 9. But he who denies me before man will be denied before the angels of God. Yeah, yeah. And you can keep reading from there regarding persecution. In verse 11, now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And so I want to go then to um, verse 22. Do not worry. Because when you refuse to worry, you are at that moment assuring a walk of no give up. Then he said to his disciples, why would I say that? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That which you meditate internally, you will be walking out externally. Therefore, I say to you, this is the word of Jesus again. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Oh my, how many times I've read this. I can read this morning, noon, <laughs> and night. And all the minutes in between. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Why would he say that? Because he is your shepherd. He is your heavenly father. 
it's not, I've been meditating Galatians 2.20. No longer you, no longer I. But it's he in me who's living life now. Do not worry about your life. How about we stop worrying about our life? Right? How about we be Bible-believing Christians? We're Bible-believing Christians. So we make a choice. Right now, for right now, right now, I make a choice for right now. Five minutes later, I'm going to make the same choice again. I will not worry about my life. He said, we just read in, in, in um, even 11, even as to what you're going to say. Do not worry. Because the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. In a tight moment, in a loose moment. You're indwelled by wisdom divine. The sanctification of Christ, the wisdom of Christ, the righteousness of Christ lives inside of you. He himself righteousness, he himself sanctification, he himself wisdom, the very word of God by which you are born again. You are from above. You are a spirit man. You are alive unto God now. So you can seize from this labor, this anxiousness of mind. He says, do not worry about your life, what you eat, nor about your body, what you put on. Life is more than food. That's what Jesus says, I have food you don't know of, when the disciples asked him about it. And that was to do the will of God. My life is here on earth, an expression of his will. And so I owe all that I am to be an expression of his will. My life is given to me to be able to express divine life. Not to be a hypocrite and do the religious thing, whatever that is. Paul smiles. Yeah, I love you. But I really don't love you. But in Christ, through this new life, we do love. Because the very love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, the birds of the air, right? For they neither sow nor reap which have neither storehouse nor bars. They don't worry about retirement funds and the bank accounts and the economy and the markets. And, oh, I've just lost. I've just lost. Oh, I've just gained. Oh, oh, I have enough for retirement. Oh, Salero, I have enough for retirement. Neither have storehouses nor bars. And God feeds them. God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Well, we just read, we just read here in verse 6, 
Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. My life has greater value than the birds of the air. And if he feeds them and clothes the lilies of the valley, he'll surely feed and clothe me. He'll surely sustain me. Oh, do not worry about your life. I'm not to worry about my life. What a revolutionary statement. And so often we catch ourselves in conversation with the brethren, them anxious over something. And instead of us fortifying the truth, we tap them on the back and say, oh, I understand you. We're validating the worry. That's what a hypocrite is. That's what he talked about the lawyers, the scribes, right? That they are taking away the key of knowledge and are hindering the people from entering into this rest of God. What is the rest of God? Faith. To believe the word of God. To believe the supernatural existence and reality of this truth. So I undergo a mind renewal, a transformation of no longer me and my carnality and my want and don't wants. But an expression of divine will on earth. A manifestation, a manifestation of sonship. They'll bring forth a deliverance to creation. Romans 8 talks about that. Okay, let's go 25. Verse 25, because this is a good one, because it stumps all of us, okay? It stumps all of us. And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your statue? You tell me that. What can you do? What can you do? Tell me. You tell me. I'm going to worry for five more minutes. Let me worry. And you, actually, people get very frustrated when you tell them not to worry. They get very angry with you when you say, trust God. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to a statue? You tell me. Can you add growth to yourself? Growth in your bank account? Growth in your spiritual understanding really, really what well, is the most important thing of a maturity in Christ. By worrying, can you do that? By worrying. No. By walking in faith, yes. You've been conformed to the stature of Christ. Where increase abounds. Oh, increase abounds in him and through him alone. That's what happened with that unfaithful servant with the, the parable of the talents. He did not produce, brought forth no increase for the kingdom of God. Why? Because he was worried. He was afraid.
But you see, just by making a slight adjustment, which is a huge adjustment, not to worry, we're guaranteeing a walk that is upright before God. A walk of faith that pleases God alone. We want through worry do all these things for God. At that moment, not realizing we're not in faith and whatever is not in faith is sin. Oh. And we know the only thing that pleases God is faith. So go figure that one out. You can't. You have to believe the word of God. Because the word of God says, if he be for you, who can be against you? The word of God says you can't add a single stature, one cubit to your stature by worrying. Verse 26, if you then, I, mean, I love Jesus. He's so straightforward. He is in your face kind of God because we're before him in love. Where are you going to hide from God? Where are you going to hide from God? There's an hour of reckoning. And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, add one cubit to your stature, the least you can do. Come on, you can do the least. No, you can't do the least. You know, when you hear Christians, the least I can do for God is this. And they outline a carnal function. If you cannot, if you're not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? <laughs> Matthew 6 is the same way. What conviction I receive every time I read. The most simple of passages. But we want to go so deep theologically and break down every doctrine we want to discuss the doctrine with the we want we want to be seen very spiritual we know the bible i know where ephesian land i know where colossian lands. i still fumble through those i don't care i want ephesians to be found in me i want colossians to be found in me that colossian tells me in chapter two that i'm complete in him in his headship alone Ephesians tells me I'm part of the glorious church that I've been raised again. I wear his eyes sit far above all. I want that reality to be found in me, in my persuasion, in my conversation, in my thought process. Lest I be caught in worry and the fear of man and deny my master in turn. If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? You tell me that. Tell me what you figure out by worrying. Yesterday, this morning, last night, going to bed. I don't achieve nothing through worrying. Outside of more anxiousness of mind. First, his kindness, he's giving us another moment. He considered the lilies, how they grow. They need a toy on their spinner. This, this messes people up. What do you mean, Desi? Not to toil and spin. What's that? It's to labor for that which is given to you. 
your life. To labor for your life when he's already given you your life. That's why he says, don't worry about your life, what you eat or what you clothe. He's given you your life. How? Through his son, whom he did not withhold. Romans 8 tells us also, if he did not spare his son, but gave him up to us freely, how much more together with the son will he not give you everything? And yes, you're placed in assignment. I talked about my life being beyond just mere clothing and food, but expression of the will of God. Where has the will of God placed you? To be a light, a beacon of light. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, was not arrayed. Look up the word arrayed, it's beyond just the clothing. You see, in Christ, we are arrayed with his glory. In Christ, we are partakers of divine nature. In Christ, we are heirs and coheres with him. So why worry and lose heart today? If then God so clothes the grass which today, oh, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more, how much more will he clothe you? He doesn't say, oh, you have great faith. Good thing you worried for a little bit. Gave you great faith. No, he rebukes. Says, oh, you have little faith. That's why he rebuked Peter when he sank. Why didn't you believe? Where was your faith? Why don't you believe the word of God today? You're believing something. Mm. I say that to myself, Desi. You believe something. So the best thing to believe is the word of God. Let's go back to what the word says about. Let's, what does the word say, Desi? Don't worry about your life, he says. Verse 29. Because this is the issue with worry. You start seeking the wrong thing. The issue with worry is you start seeking the wrong thing because you're sinking at that moment. You're sinking. You've lost heart. You're not trusting the living God. 29. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Oh, in case, you know, I really don't care what I eat. I can just live off crackers. In case, you know, I don't like fancy clothing. Well, how about an anxious mind? Do you have an anxious mind? What are you worried about today? That is an anxious mind. Hey, he said, why bother with worry? It's not helping you any. It's not helping you any. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things, the nations of the world, the heathens, 
the Gentiles, the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. I love, that's why I picked the, 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 the look, the look translation, uh, the look, um, gospel, gospel of Luke. I love verse 32. Do not fear, little flock. Mm -mm. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You don't have to twist his arm. You don't have to beg. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you he himself. His love. His truth. His life. His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in heaven. Be a giver today. Be a lavish giver today. Be tender-hearted towards another. Be a giver of kind words that are from the heart. Not cheap flattery. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Does not fail because from the love of God, which does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, this is it. There your heart will be also. And if your treasure is in heaven, and you trust the living God, that it is exactly as he says it is, it was his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, then you will not fear. Then you will not worry. Then you will not lose heart. Because your heart is where? Found in him. Found in him. Let's go to John. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Found in him. Oh, I landed John 16 first, but John 14. Let's go to 16, then we'll go to 14. John 16, 31. Jesus answered, Jesus answered them. Do you now believe? Do you now believe? Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has come now. That you'll be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. To his disciples he speaks that. And yet I'm not alone. Because he knew it was the Father's good pleasure to give him the kingdom. No matter who deserted you today, tomorrow, or yesterday deserted you. doesn't matter. You're not alone. For I'm not alone because the Father is with me. The Father is with me. The Father is with me. The Father is with you. You're not alone. These things I've spoken to you, that in me, in him, in whose kingdom you are now, that the Father has given you. A brand new kingdom you live in now. You've been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So that in me, he says, Jesus says, you may have peace. Not an anxious mind. Peace. 
Lay hands on your mind. Say, I have peace. I have the mind of Christ. I do not worry. In the world you will have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer, he says. I have overcome the world. Yes, because this joy, this provision of safety, this provision of peace is in him. Where we are now, you're not part of the world. That's why, sir, with you are born again. You are from above. Your portion is not the world's portion. Through the cross of Christ, the world's been crucified to you and you to the world. I keep repeating it even for my own benefit. He says, in this world you will have trouble. There is trouble here, of course, we know there is. And if you look at it, you will worry. But to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. It says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 14, 27. Actually, John 14, 27, he says, let, John 14 starts with verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't lose heart. Don't worry and lose heart. Ah, oh, rejoice. Yes, yes, that's it. I'm sensing it. We're getting it. We're getting it. Take off the shackles that are false in their lies, accusations. Take off the old mantles of oppression of the old man. It's not your portion. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You believe in the living word of Christ. And we go to verse 27. Actually, verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, this is the one we have now, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you, he will cause you to learn. He will teach you all things, all things. So you not fear man. So you not worry about your life. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things I have said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. The comforter is peace to you and I. The Holy Spirit bears the mind of Christ. This mind of peace. This disposition of assurance of trust in God alone. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Or do you believe the portion that the world tells you is reality to them? Trouble. No, we're not to trouble our hearts today, nor tomorrow, nor ever. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
Neither let it be afraid. And talks about his departure. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Maybe I'll wrap it up there. Happy. We're happy. Happy people. Yay! I'm happy. You're happy. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Woo. Yes, we are. Second Corinthians, actually chapter 1, uh, verse 3 to 5. Let's read that because he's the source of all mercies. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. The Father of mercies. I love that the new living one calls him the source of all comfort. The Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us, who comforts us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, those that are in the world that are troubled, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We have the comforter. We have the truth of his word that the comforter, the helper, is bringing to our remembrance. We are to be never troubled in mind because there's a troubled world. That we are sent to on a rescue mission. Verse 5, for us, the sufferings of Christ abound in us, yes, no longer me. Denying, abstaining, disowning my old man. There's a suffering in that. Refusing the carnal mind. Bringing down those Thoughts that want to exalt themselves above the truth of the word of God, that he is my father. And it was his great pleasure to give me the kingdom. So I'm not to worry about my life. For the sufferings of Christ abound in us, yes, daily picking up the cross of Christ. But look, so our consolation, this great comfort also abounds through Christ. And so as we live out his life, yes, there is a reckoning of an outer man dead, a crucifixion that we are every day identifying with. But the life of resurrection far outweighs all of it. And from this life of consolation, this life of comfort that we have now in Christ, we're able to comfort another. Let's look at the new living of those few verses there. All praise to God, all praise to God, all praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. The more we yield to his life, the more we're walking out his life. And that's a blessing to this, to those around us and into the world. Then in chapter 4, 
Actually, chapter 4, 1 starts. Therefore, since we have this ministry, which is of the Holy Spirit, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We don't give up. The um, new living of that verse is, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, this new way of the Spirit, this new way of the comforter within us, this new way of life that is from above, Christ the way. We never give up. Yes, because we refuse to worry. That's not the way that we live now. Worry. We have a new way. Faith in God. Faith in God. Then verse 16. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outer man is perishing. That's the sufferings of Christ. The cross of Christ that we're picking up daily. Though our outer man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Transformation, a conformity to the image of life himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. For our light affliction, light affliction, which is but for a moment. Believe the word today. It's but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Wow, how is it working? How is this, this light affliction working for us eternal glory? I'll tell you how. But you're putting your gaze on the right spot. Why would you not look at these things which are seen? But the things which are not seen, the truth of the word of God. Jesus, our high priest. The author and the finish of our faith that we're beholding, the unseen Christ, who's really hid in my heart as I've hid his word in my heart. While well, we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, passing vanities. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's read that in the New living. That's why we never give up. Come on now. We never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Tiny little things. Yeah, tiny little things. Tiny little things. Under our feet, tiny little things. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet the, yet, yet, these little things that don't last too long are producing something. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly, vastly outweighs them all, outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look, so we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. We don't look at that. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. The Word of God. The Word of God that tells us that it was our Father's good pleasure. Our Father's good pleasure. He said, 
in Luke 12, 32, this is how we're going to finish. Do not fear, little flock. Do not fear, little ones. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. Oh, I love it. It was your father's good pleasure. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Trust him. Trust him. And do not worry, neither do you lose heart. Amen. We are done. We are done.